trying to calm down for a second, but um, we're going to be just giving testimonies today about things that God has done to show that he is good, and I get to start, which means I get to cry early. <laughs> it's fine. Um, I have no idea what I'm going to say, so I'm just going to let the Lord lead me. Um, he led me to this church when that little kid right there on the front row was in my belly, uh, and I was struggling I was struggling uh, as a single income for a family of seven, uh, making $9.75 an hour at Children's Lighthouse. And he knew I needed a home here in Texas because all my friends and family and church were back in Tennessee. And he brought me here specifically because he knew that this would be the place that would just make my life open spiritually in ways that I could never have imagined. Um, Pastor John, that first Sunday that I came, preached a message on worth, which I felt I had none at that time. I took a $20 bill and just spat on it, dug it in his heel, pretended it was in the mud. He was like, who still wants this $20 bill? I do. Why? Because it still has worth. And he was like, no matter what you've been through, if you've been stepped on, spit on, dragged through the mud, no matter what you think you've done to no longer be worthy, you're not worthy, but you still have worth to the God of all creation. And then a couple years later, when I was finding my home, he preached a message on tithing. And I've lived by this verse ever since. Um, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house which at the time, living on just food stamps and Medicaid, I wanted food in my house. Test me. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I want to throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I didn't all of a sudden make a job of $150,000. I was still making nine seventy-five. dollars It took me seven years at that place to even get like a $4 raise. Child care is not a moneymaker, FYI, if you think about going into it. But that didn't matter because guess whose math counts? Not my math, not the world's math, God's math. And I was like, I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. I'm going to test you in this, God. You're telling me to test you? I will test you. He took me through a period of seven years of struggles, still living on food stamps, still living on Medicaid, still living on that little bitty job, but always providing. Every single time, when it was not possible to be provided for, it was provided, and it was provided beyond. And then he felt, okay, you've tested me, I'm gonna test you. I kept being faithful, kept being faithful. There was a period where he was like, I want you to give 15%, not just that tithe, give extra. All right, what have I got to lose? You've been faithful this whole time. I did that. But I, I was drowning in blessings. I couldn't even fathom the blessings he was pouring on me. And now I'm at a job. I've been promoted four times. I've received five different raises. I've provided for my family in ways that I couldn't even have imagined being possible. And the best thing is, is that my husband is not a believer. Um, 
But even he, whether he realizes or not, like if we don't praise the Lord, even the rocks will cry out. Okay? Even if we don't praise the Lord, even non-believers will bring me. And if I was struggling the other day because we're having some issues, something else financial, of course, every time. But he, his mother had passed away earlier this year and had left us some money that we were going to use, you know, for buying this new house that we're building because I have to build a new house. And um, something's happening right now. And I was like, man, now we're, you know, we're going to have to use some of this money for this. And he was like, well, how do you know? He was like, I, I'm betting that maybe, you know, God knew that this was going to happen. And that maybe he gifted it there for us so that we would have it to help to take care of this. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> Who are you right now? I just looked at him and I just couldn't help it. In my mind, just praise God. I was like, Lord, 10 years ago, this man would have never even fathomed saying something like this. That right there, I was just like, Lord, I know that I'm doing the right thing because you're reaching my husband. And I'm not having to do anything except just live by the way you want me to. And so this thing, I'm just thankful for his faithfulness. And then when I tested him, he came through. Yeah. Hallelujah. Lord, you're so good. You're going to hear so much more of this today. I'm so excited for you to hear what God has been doing. See, we don't always get to share these things throughout the year other than individual things. And I'm, I'm blessed to be a part of the staff of this church, so I get to hear these little sound bites. But we wanted you to hear them today and be encouraged, and be strengthened, and have your faith increased. But most of all, to share in the joy of what God is doing in our church. So if you don't mind, stand and let's just worship God right now. My Jesus. So today, I, well, when I was asked to share my testimony, I was I was kind of nervous because it's like, <laughs> you know, you're like, where do I start, right? And so um, I started thinking, I was like, God, I only got a few moments to, to talk to these people. So I want the, the heaviest, most darkest time. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think about the most heaviest, darkest time in my life. And I, I was like, yeah, because I got to impact somebody. I got to impact somebody. And so I'm, I'm jogging my memory and I'm thinking, and I feel like the Holy Spirit was like, what you went through was so important, but it wasn't the most important thing. Yeah. See, so, so many times when we're sharing our testimony, we we, we, we highlight, the like we think the pivotal moment is a, the time, you know, the worst time we've been through. But the biggest moment for me is when Jesus actually stepped into my life. And so... It was when I decided to, to allow Jesus to take control. And uh, when I was thinking about this, uh, I was thinking about this book. Uh, and John, I'm just going to fly through it. So if I leave out any details, you know, forgive me. But I was thinking about the, uh, the book, uh, this book in John, the story of John. And, and so there's this guy, this blind man who, um, who was blind at birth. And uh, Jesus saw him. And, and basically Jesus uh, made some mud with, you know, saliva, threw it on his eyes and healed him. The guy, when Jesus said, wash it off, and the guy was healed. People started, like, you know, um, hearing about it. They're like, man, the Pharisees are like, hey, what's going on? Were you healed? You know, it was the day of the Sabbath. It was a big deal. And so they asked they asked him, and they went to his parents. And his parents were like, look, I don't want any part of this. This guy's old enough to speak for himself, right? And the biggest, the biggest part of the story is when they went back to the man the second time. And, 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 and he was like... Look, man, I don't know. There's so many times in my life where, God, I don't know. 
All I know is that I was here and now I'm here. All I know is that my mom had cancer, but now she's healed. All I know is that mom was a drug addict, but now she's healed. All I know is that I was I was stuck in a in a moment where where I was fighting spiritually, I was exhausted mentally, physically, and I all I know is I was here and God said, come over here and now I'm resting. So I wanted to take this time to actually just tell you guys and brag on God and, and tell you guys that I am free, I am happy. And if you're if you're going through anything in your life right now, if you're going through anything, I want you to know, thank God, because this moment is important. This moment is important. It's important to you, so it's important to God. So if you're if you're going through you know financial financial uh, problems, if you're going through marital problems, if you're going through uh, you know problems with your kids, thank thank God because it is important, but it's not the most important. So so I want you to just thank God because God, this isn't the end of my story. Jesus, you are the end of my story. So anyways, guys, I love you guys, and I encourage you guys to continue chasing God. Hopefully that that you know shifted your focus and I just want to remind you with my testimony that God is always faithful. God loves you. God bless you guys. Good morning. I'm here to close out the show. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, we're talking about God's faithfulness. Listen, if I've ever had a conversation with you, faithfulness is one thing I'm always talking about. Experiencing the fullness of God and everything he has to offer is always something that I'm like trying to deter the conversation to because I have a lot to say. Okay, so I'm going to crush some of your dreams right now. No, we're not having a baby. <laughs> I know that when people probably saw me, they're like, oh, they're going to announce it. No, we're not having a baby. Okay, not yet, you guys. Um, but I will say something kind of the next best thing, which is finances, right? When the Lord blesses your finances, how incredible. Uh, how incredible. But I want to start off saying, as far back as I can remember, I've heard when you first get married, it's going to be hard. Me and my wife, we were eating ramen for seven years. Me and my wife were scraping by. We were taking our jar of coins and seeing what groceries we can buy. And, you know, as far back as I can remember, even in my own family, I heard when you get married, it's going to be hard. When you get married, you're not only learning to live with another person, you're struggling in your finances. Um, me and your mom, we had a really hard time. And coming, just a quick little thing. I mean, if y'all were at our wedding, my family's huge, okay? I have, I'm have i the oldest of eight children. My, my dad was the only one working. My mom couldn't really work because, you know, we have so many kids, there's so much going on, right? So my dad was the only one working. And with that, money was really, really tight. And being the oldest, you kind of become like a third parent, right? So you know exactly how tight the money is. And you're kind of nudging your siblings when they're like, Mom and Dad, can we have them? It's like, no, 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 don't ask. Don't ask. We don't need that conversation. We don't need that stress. Just please, just don't even ask. Like, we're really struggling right now. And I, I carried that in my head. Me and my husband are going to struggle. Lord, I, I don't want me and my husband to struggle. Lord, we're going to be so poor. Like, I don't even like ramen that much, you know? Like, oh, come on, you know? And and I remember just praying about that. And this was about seven years ago. Seven years ago, I was praying at an altar of a church that we were going to that, at, that, at that time. And this lady came up to me. She was one of the leaders in the church. And she told me, she's like, I just really feel like the Lord needs me to tell you that you and your husband and your family are not going to struggle. And I was like, what? And of course, I mean, knowing me, I probably just collapsed into tears because I don't know, I guess I've been hanging out with Bree too long. All of my emotions are just tied to tears, right? So um, all of my emotions, I was just crying. And I was like, How, what, what are you talking about? And you said, the Lord knows that your family, you've seen a lot of things. You've seen struggle, okay? 
going to struggle with you and your husband and your children. They're going to, they're, it's going to be hard for you. But I'm here to tell you it's not going to be hard for you. And I, I remember I'm just, oh, I held on to that because I was like, yes, if that was for me, I'm going to hold on to it. Like I held on to y'all. Like white knuckles squeezed so hard, held on to that. And I'm, of course, I'm still holding on to that because the Lord is true and he is faithful to his promises. But I remember holding on to that. And then, of course, you know, I met Justin here, started dating, got engaged. And then immediately I was, I remembered the Lord said, you and your husband and your children are not going to struggle. And I remember just holding on to that. And let me be a word of faithfulness. Our wedding, our honeymoon paid for in full. Okay. Then let me go on further. Our apartment, our first apartment, sweet, cute little apartment, was had favor. We were able to, like our, something got mixed up, but every time we had to change something that was favor and we were able to do exactly what we needed to do. Right. Then 2020 comes along and pandemic and through this pandemic, our jobs have been secured. Our pay has been secured, even down to where it was like, we paid our bills, we tied, we did all that stuff. And it's like, oh, we only got like two bucks. How are we gonna buy groceries? Somebody will come through and be like, hey, I just feel like the Lord told me to give this to you. Faithfulness, every single step of the way. And then on top, listen y'all, that's not even the best part, okay? Let me get into the best part. Okay, up until this point, I've always just been like, Lord, I just feel like there's something more out there for me. I'm not meant to stay here in this job. I'm not meant to stay in childcare. I'm not bashing anybody in childcare. Listen y'all, it's not for the faint part, okay? But I was like, Lord, there's no, I can't go any higher than I am now. I, I can't stand that. I want to, I want to move. I want to excel. I want to, I want to go higher. I want to do more. I want to be responsible for more. I just, I feel like there's more out there for me. And, um, I prayed and we prayed, we prayed and we prayed hard. And, um, there's, I finally got this job. Let me tell you guys, I applied for this job seven times since August. I applied for this job seven times. And on the seventh time, if it means something to y'all, it means something to me too. Seven times I applied for this job, okay? And and it's finally when he came through and everything worked so slowly, like they love me. I was saying stuff and they were just like cracking up. They're like, man, you're so funny. Yeah, I know. And so they're like seeing all these things and everything's going great. Favor after favor with every person I talk to favor they're like I'm sending a personal recommendation to the next person you're going to be talking to saying that you're amazing we love you we want you all this other stuff right okay so here's the best part when it comes to not struggling the Lord took my paycheck from my preschool job that I was working in the school took what I made in the month added a few hundred dollars to it and made that one paycheck so I know it's, it's kind of hard, but okay. So what I made here in this job in one month, he took it right here, put a little spice on it, a few hundred extra dollars, and he made that my one paycheck. So I'm making twice, double what I was making here. So let me encourage you, especially being young, okay? When you're young, you're going to hear a lot of things. But let me tell you that you will never hear from me that you're going to struggle in your marriage. That you are going to have to eat ramen and these canned soups for 12 years and then you're going to hit your big break. The Lord gives breaks whenever you're ready. Okay? Hold on to his promises. He's so faithful. And the fullness of all that he has for us is, I can't even fathom it. 
talk about it too much because I'm not going to get emotional. I won't be able to sing. Okay? But what's new, right? <laughs> okay? So let me encourage you. Young, middle, wiser. I don't want to call you old. I don't want you to get mad at me. But wiser. He has promises for you. It is not too late for you. You don't have to walk through the desert for 40 years for him to come through for you. Okay? Hold tight to his promises and white knuckle, hold them so tight because I know without a doubt that my God, the God that I serve, is faithful and true. And he can and not only wants to, but he will. Thank you. I have seen healings come. 
Jesus died on that cross for every single one of us with some type of healing. Just yeah. believe and give God that praise. Give that glory to God because he is here still today to do things we didn't think he could do anymore. People just kind of walk away and say, well, the physician says, the physicians do this. I'm in healthcare. We say lots of things. We are there because of God. God puts that power in their hands to help heal people. It's still God to this day who heals every single one of us in some form or fashion. But God is good, and he has been faithful over the years to my family and healing. And just keep believing in those promises. Amen. Gary and Kristen are going to come and share their testimony this morning. All right. Praise God. We'll, we'll preface this with saying this is a 20-plus uh, year standing on the Word. And, uh, you know, and whenever we were asked to share our testimony, the most difficult thing that we had to decide was which one. God has been faithful through so many different areas, through healing in our bodies, just like Gail, through our finances, through so many different situations. Anybody that's been following us or following me on Facebook this year knows that my family's been through a lot this year besides the COVID thing, but um, other things. So we decided we're not going to share that testimony yet because I feel like part of that's still being written. Uh, so there will be a time. And I think this, what we're about to share, um, if I turn my back, it's not because I'm crying. Well. Maybe, but. He's actually really a tenderhearted. This is, this is, Harry man. Is just, this is an area in my life that's just uh, watching her. I'll have to admit there were times where I fell and I had to get back up and to see her <sighs> stick with the word and just not let it go. I always want to support her so much because she is just a fighter and where I fall to pick me up. But this is a this is a joint effort of husband and wife and God together. And go ahead, sweetheart. Okay. So we uh, we've been married for at the time we've been married to I think 23 years, 22 years, 23 years. And uh, we have tried a lot to have a child, tried a lot of different methods and different you know, fertility drugs, all that sort of thing, and um, we were not able to conceive on our own, and we had not really thought a whole lot about adoption or anything, but I was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2014, which I have six years breast cancer free, hallelujah, so, but due to the medicines that I still take, um, they did not want me to get pregnant, and so we started thinking more about the adoption process and, and how that would look in our lives and we thought 
thought about Foster and thought about different things. Well, we ended up getting into the Lord through a series of things, events that the Lord brought us to a, an agency that um, accepted us. And uh, we got into a contract with them. It was a two-year contract. It was a year and 11 months before we heard anything. Now, I will say we had another opportunity that we knew that was not the Lord. Yeah, and yeah, a couple of times, and we knew that it was not God, and so we rejected those situations. But during that time of waiting and still thinking, okay, so God, I know you're faithful, but it's been 22 years, and now it's been 23 years, and and along the way, seeing um, siblings uh, with, what, about 12, 12 children? <laughs> one has five, one has seven. One has seven, and then friends with kids, and then as time goes by, now their kids are having kids, and uh, we're still... We're getting we're gray hair. Yeah, we're getting, <laughs> yeah, we're getting blonde hair. <laughs> we're turning blonde, yes. Uh, so, you know, and, and not just like I heard my bees speak about this some time ago, but, you know, you get so excited for people that are having kids. You're giving the showers. You're so excited. But there's the times you go home and you're like, okay, but Lord, it's my turn now, too. And I know the promises of God. And so we were standing on that. And there were times I, too, fell. But there was one time in particular, I was up in the nursery. We had, were in this they, I bought all the furniture. I bought the cribs. I bought everything. I, we had this beautiful nursery set up and no baby, no nothing. And we're coming to the end of our contract. And I was sitting there in the, the little rocking chair and I was praying. And I happened to have a message Bible right there. And I was crying out to the Lord. And I thought, Lord, am I going to have to take back this crib? Am I going to have? Am I going to be embarrassed? Am I going to be ashamed? And the Lord brought me to Isaiah 54. And this is the message translation that says, Sing, barren woman, who has never had a baby, fill the air with song. You who never experienced childbirth, you're ending up with far more children than all those childbearing women. God says so. Clear lots of ground for your. I need my glasses. Clear lots of town ground for your tents. Make large. Make a. Tents large. Spread out. Think big. Use plenty of rope. Drive the tent pegs down. You're going to need lots of elbow room. over whole nations. You're going to resettle abandoned cities. Don't be afraid. You're not going to be embarrassed. Don't hold back. You're not going to come up short. Yeah. It's true. I took that word and I was up in our upstairs and I got my guitar and I walked all through that house to the top of singing at the top of my lungs. I know you'll do it again. I know you'll do it again. Because, you know, we have seen. We have seen him time and time again. We've seen him bring us out of debt, big debt. We have seen him heal our bodies. I had a 
a, a swollen lymph node on, on the side of my head, on the side of my neck. The Lord healed it by me doing what he told me to do. Because I obeyed what he told me to do. I'll tell that testimony sometime too. There's testimony after testimony after testimony. We'll see him do it again. And so I told the devil right there, I said, I will see him do it again. And I'm telling you, in September, we got a phone call about our beautiful baby girl. She was a month away from being born. We have had an awesome relationship with her birth mother. And to this day, we still keep in contact. That's with, with Haley, if y'all have seen and met Haley yet, that she is, she's above and beyond. What can I ask her today? She's beautiful, yes, she is. And she's everything that we prayed about. The Lord knew what we need at this time in our lives, where we're at, where my mom's at. And so, I'm just saying, God is faithful. And, and, you know, Sarah and Abraham are going to have children. And so can we. And along with it comes a provision. We're not even close to their age range. <laughs> Some of us aren't. Anyway, so praise God. And if you see our little angel out there, you know that she is a gift from God, too. like such a good idea to have this and speak on the same day. I'm like, I'm a mess. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to talk to you guys. But we're going to sing right now. Come on, let's declare the name above all names. Amen. So I was invited to come over here and talk about testimony. I was like, oh, I'm happy to see you. <laughs> um, but here's the amazing thing about giving thanks to God is you can look back and look at the amazing things that he has done. You people might know of a couple of blessings that we had this year. So we were praying for seven years for kids, for a baby. And God not only answered our prayers, but he multiplied. So we have twins and a boy and a girl. So it was, it is amazing to have that. But here, here's the other thing too. During this year, since last Thanksgiving to now, there has been more blessings in our lives then we have ever been blessed in one year. I'm not only talking about our kids, they are healthy, they are happy as ever they are, a blessing, they sleep through the night, it's awesome. Uh, but here are the other things, is they were born in February, okay, end of February. So we, I had my time with them, then I go to work for one day, and I talk to my boss, like, you know, there's this like Chinese, going on. I think I want to stay home because I have a newborn. He's like, well, you can stay home, but you're going to have to take vacation for that. I'm like, okay. So I go home that day. That night, my boss sends me a an uh, email saying, hey, entire company is working from home <laughs> until further notice. So I get to stay with my kids at home for the last, I mean, since COVID hit in, back in March, I went to work one day and from that day forward, I was working from home. So that's one blessing. The other blessing was my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law came over to help us with the kids for a couple of months. For a couple of months. Guess what? They're stuck here. They can't leave. <laughs> so they stayed here until October. So we had two extra helpers at the house to help with the twins. They're, they're from Brazil, so they couldn't leave go, to go back to Brazil.
because Brazil borders were closed. All the borders were closed. So that's another blessing. Other blessings, I mean, financial blessings, all sorts of other blessings were happening during this year that is supposed to be bad. Because here's what's happening is the blessing of the Lord. Because it doesn't matter what's happening in this world. It does not matter. Yes, did it take us seven years to have our kids? Yes, but you know what? The Word of God constantly compares the blessing to uh, reaping and sowing and reaping. Here's the thing, you need to sow. Because if you don't sow, you don't get to reap later. And I'm not, I'm not talking about only tithing and, you know, doing offerings. I'm not talking about only financial. I'm talking about, you know, call somebody at church that you know, you know, maybe they, they, need, to, they, they need to hear your own voice. Need to, maybe the Lord is telling you, hey, get in contact with this person. Go talk to them. Because you know what? That's little seeds that you're throwing. Because the year of 2020 for the Valley family was the year of sowing. And reaping because we didn't stop we didn't stop sowing just because we were reaping because if you keep sowing if you keep sowing and sowing and sowing eventually that foundation will come up no farmer and I do mean no farmer throws a seed and goes like eh, I hope that works out no he throws that seed he takes care of it he watches it he waters it he he's pulling the weeds out you need to keep doing the same thing just because the Lord just did not answer you within hours, within minutes. Because even for Daniel, if you look at the book of Daniel, he prays for the Lord. Before he finishes his prayer, before he's amen, the angel Gabriel is right there. It's like, the Lord just gave you the, what are you asking about? Before he finishes. I mean, that's awesome, right? And then Daniel goes, oh, this, this must be easy. This is not the but he goes, okay, I'm going to pray again. He prays and fasts for 21 days. No answer. No answer. Then Gabriel appears. And, and I'm paraphrasing here. He goes, there was a big battle. I, I couldn't, we could not get through because the enemy was attacking this, this area that you were praying for. But my, Michael came over and overcame the enemy. And then I could come and give you the message. Did he? Lord, he's not, he's not, he did not hear your prayer just now. He heard your prayer the first time you prayed. But it took 21 days to get to you. So whatever you're praying for, don't give up. The Lord heard you the first time. You do not, you're not praying for reminding the Lord, hey, Lord, do you remember that thing that I was praying for? No. You are just sowing. You're throwing that water. Because for us, it took seven years. Many things, and I, I saw uh, Sarah's uh, testimony, and she said it's seven years. And I'm like, no, I know, I know about that number. That's seven years. And you might think, oh my gosh, that means it's going to take me seven years? It might. But it might be seven days. It might be seven hours, seven minutes. Just don't give up. Don't give up. I'm, I'm here to you. Telling for experience, do not give up because when the Lord blesses you, He blesses you more than you expect. And I'm a living proof of that. No one can tell me otherwise because I have that proof at my house, my house right now. So don't give up. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Worthy Praise. I want to say personally thanks to everybody who shared their testimony this morning. There's so many more. 
I mean, we really could have been here all day. And I'll tell you, I, I over-prepared because I really thought I'd have some people say, no, I'm not really ready to do that. Man, the eagerness of people to share God's goodness blew me away. Amen? So exciting. So exciting that God is doing such amazing things. When we hear these testimonies, it's encouraging. It's a reminder. God is working. See, even when you don't see it, God's doing something in Brianna over here. I might not see it because she might not be talking about it just yet. But God is doing something because she has favor on her life. Amen? There's stories that came forward today that many of you didn't even realize were going on. Uh, you might not have even known that uh, Gail's husband was sick for so long and the diagnoses that were coming on. And when they were going to doctor and doctor and doctor, you know what we were doing? We were going to Jesus and Jesus and Jesus. And we were declaring healing over Brad. Amen? God has been faithful. He has been good. Can we just praise him one more time? See, praise, there is something about praise that it silences the enemy. And let me tell you, I, I didn't have to stand up here and tell their story today. Because let me tell you, if I told you their story, you might get excited. But when they tell their story... There's something coming behind that, that power and authority, because that's their praise coming out of their mouth, lifting God up. Guess what that also is? A praise is a weapon that silences the enemy. Amen? Praise is a weapon that silences the enemy. It reminds us of what God can do in the middle of our stuff. I don't know about you, but I've had a lot of seasons. I mean, I've had a short life, but a lot of seasons in that short life. Thank you. Thank you for hearing me. A lot of seasons that I've gone through in my life, and there's been times that I probably didn't trust God to the fullest. There's been times where uh, I waited it out, but you know what happened? God was still faithful to me. He's always been faithful so then I say, God, I'm going to praise you because back here, I didn't even realize what you're doing, but you were so good to me. I'm heading into something else now, and your faithfulness is going to be my weapon that's going to keep me focused to get through this onto the other side. Praise is a weapon. When, a, when the army brings in their trainees and they start teaching them how to use weapons, they have very distinct purposes with that, right? They they want to teach them how to use those weapons properly so that when the time comes and they do need to use that weapon, they're not without uh, experience, right? They have something to look back on and reflect on and they say, mm, I remember I was trained back here to do that. I'm not in the middle of the battlefield trying to figure it out. So I'm going to talk a little bit today about praise and worship. Big surprise, praise and worship leader. I'm going to talk about praise and worship. I will preface this to say, when Pastor asked me to speak, I begged him to just let us have a worship service, <laughs> because I do not consider myself a speaker, uh, but I'm going to allow the anointing, hopefully, to just uh, surpass my weakness in that. But when we talk about the, the weapon, the praise being the weapon, weapon is something that can be taught. So what I wanted to point out of that, praise is something I can teach, right? 
Now, some of you um, that have been in the church for a while, you're like, ooh, you don't teach that. No, I'm not talking about the anointing. I'm talking about praise. I can teach a child to say thank you. I can teach a child that. I can teach a child to say, say, I love you. I love you back. I love you more. I can teach that to a child. What I cannot do is force that child to mean it. How many of you ever got in an argument with your sibling and your mom said, you say I'm sorry? And you say, I'm sorry. No, say it like you mean it. I said it like I meant it. I didn't mean it, so that's how I said it. <laughs> I'm sorry. You can teach that to a child, right? You can teach. I can come in here every Sunday and I can say, all right, let's stand. Everybody stands. I said, let's clap for the Lord. I mean, we just did it a few minutes ago. Let's give him praise. I did that. It was a trick. I'm sorry. I can say, let's praise God. And you clap and you praise. And But I can't teach you what my praise is, right? I can't teach you what Gary and Kristen's praise is. I can only say, hey, this is what we should be doing. Let's go ahead and all come together and hope that it triggers something within you that allows you to step into that authentic praise, right? There's a difference. I can say, God, you're good. You're so good. You're so good. But then there's something about the song that we sing sometimes, the goodness of God, that when we start singing that, there's a choke that comes up on me that I, I just have to bail out on the song because when I start thinking about how good he is, I start going, whoo, I start replaying the Lisa reel. In my family? See, it becomes personal then. Yeah. It's a different, I mean, I can stand up here and tell you God is good and he is good. But I can't make you believe that until you know it for yourself. Yeah. Amen. It's within you. And it's your reflection, your experiences, your level of intimacy with God, your daily walk that will declare your praise. How your weapon will be used in the middle of your circumstances. I was reading as I was preparing for this, the story of Jehoshaphat, and I was excited when I saw, you know, Jehoshaphat was David's son, and I mean, we all know David was the first of the great praise and worship leaders, right? I mean, David was writing the songs, and way before Hillsong was doing it, David was writing these songs that we're still singing today, right? Jehoshaphat, his son, was going into battle, and I'm just going to paraphrase this for time's sake, but they're going into battle. And at one point, he, he went to the Lord and he prayed and he said, God, I don't know what else to do. I don't know what else to do. God gave him direction. And this is where I got excited. Jehoshaphat assembled a praise team. He got some people together and he said, you guys are going to sing praise to God. Thanks be to God. He is good forevermore. Amen? You're going to do that. You're going to sing. And while they say the battle was being won, and not only did he say, I'm going to bring you guys together, we're going to put you up front and center, and you're going to go before the people with the weapons. Y'all are going to just go on out. Y'all just sing. I don't know about you, but if I'm walking into battle, I always see that in the Civil War movies, the guys that are going along playing their drums. I don't want to be that person that doesn't have a weapon in my hand on the front line, right? Jehoshaphat sent him out. He said, you're going to go. You're going to be at the very front. You're going to go before us. We're going to declare God's goodness before the battle. Yeah. Amen? Before the war. Yeah. 
And then we will walk out his victory because of that. Man, I don't know about you, but that, that made me excited, maybe because I am a praise and worship leader. And I know that that's calling God to place on my life. That's the anointing he has for me right now. But knowing that we come out, not us, I'm not talking about our praise and worship team. I'm talking about we. We go. Even before the battle is being won, we are singing and declaring God's goodness Amen. and his faithfulness. I'm, gonna, I'm moving faster because I want to make sure that we don't run out of time here. But When we go into a place where our praise becomes genuine, like the people that stood up on this platform today, or, or maybe what they said resonated in you, and then when we came back with how courageous our God, and you went, man, that reminded me of this. That reminded me when we were trying so hard to have a child, and God gave us a word, and we stood on that. That reminded me of when we were struggling financially. That reminded me when a, when a word was spoken over me that God delivered me from that. God saved me. He moved in my family. He did things for me. He put me on another level because he, brought, he saw something in me and he brought me to this place. When we tap into that in our own self, in our own experiences, there is a difference when you come into church to do the motions and I say, stand and sit, stand and sit, clap your hands, we'll go home. <laughs> right? When we come in and you hear a word from God, from a pastor, or someone speaks it to you at halftime, or you hear a song in worship that touches your heart, that reminds you of how good God is, or something that he's doing in you right now, or something that he's already done in you, it takes your worship, it takes your praise to another level. See, praise is thanking God for what you have. God, I thank you for my food. I thank you for my car. I thank you for my job. But then when you go into a place of worship, worship is when you go to the place of, God, if I don't have any food, if I don't have a job, if I don't have a car, you are still good. When you want to know what the difference of praise and worship is, it's not the difference of an upbeat song and a slow and moving song. The difference when you take your praise and you recognize not what God has done, but who he is. And you go into the holy of holies and, and you sit before his feet. And you don't need a song to do that. I mean, we use music as an as a, a entry point to just capture focus, I think, but... Personally, you don't have to have a song to get to a place where you are in worship. Amen. But you do have to have, I believe, that encounter moment with God. That realization of, God, you are amazing. You are so good. And if you never do one or thing for me, you are still holy and worthy to be praised. In John 4, the scripture that everybody talks about with worship. The time is coming and has come, now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they're the kind of worshiper the Father seeks. When we talk about worshiping God in spirit, 
that is going to our soul realm, our mind, our will, and our emotions start tapping into how we worship God. When you get your mind wrapped around how good God is and how holy he is, you get your, your heart tapped into that, your worship experience will be more than coming in, singing a few songs for 15 minutes, and going home. But it'll take you all week long. It'll take you to places driving down the road that you begin to go, oh, God, I love you for who you are and what you've done. And to worship you, I live. And I live to worship you. Just like with praise and worship, your true authentic praise will bring without a doubt worship. When you authentically worship, you can't help but praise. It goes together. It's a big wheel. Praise leads to worship. Worship leads to praise. And all of it invites God to do something amazing in your life. The scripture talks about he inhabits the praises of his people. He takes up residence in a tangible way. I believe that with all of my heart. I believe that. I've experienced it when I've come to a place. And sometimes you have to praise God with your mouth so your ears can hear it when you are not even feeling it yet because it isn't just about the feeling. But it's sometimes getting those words out of your mouth singing, I sing because you are good. I shout because you are good. Yeah. Hallelujah. We talk about way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper. You are good, Lord. Even when I don't see it, you're working. And then you start talking yourself into it, into your praise moment. And then you begin to realize, Lord, I don't see it, and I know you're working. And then you go into your worship moment, and it brings you back to a praise moment. We come into that place. God wants to do amazing change in us during those moments. And it isn't just for us to feel good. It isn't for us to just have this moment of, oh, I feel, I feel the chills and I'm, oh, you know, I feel I'm just overwhelmed with the power. I mean, I believe there are moments that we can get into that presence of God where it's just heavy on us and we can weep and we can cry and it's so special. But it isn't just for that moment. It is for the moment to come down the road that you may not see yet that you're going to need your praise to go before your battle so that you can remember that moment where you sat in his presence and he reminded you that he is a big and awesome God and that he loves you with an everlasting love and that his heart is pouring out of, with love for you in ways that we can't even ask, think, or imagine he wants to do things for you. He wants to take your request that he heard the first time, Bruno said, and he's manufacturing it to make it bigger than you can ask or think or even imagine. Amen? He wants to take those moments where we have an intimate encounter with him and lead you into victory with it. Amen? I believe that today. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up real quickly. We're going to close out. The pastor's going to come and close out our service. I promised him I would keep it short. I promised myself I would keep it short. Let's be real.
God is so good, and I pray that when you are entering his courts with thanksgiving and praise each week, that you don't come in expecting us to talk you into how good God is, but that you come in with a mindset of, I am here to today. I'm going to declare God's goodness in this place. And as a corporate body, can you imagine if even just this section came in like that? It's going to filter all through this place. And somebody that's in this house today might need your praise to go before their battle. Amen? He is worthy of our praise. Come on, let's just stand. We're going to close out with this. Lord, we thank you. I thank you for your promises that are yes and amen. I thank you for every word that is written that was for me. I thank you because you are good. And you are worthy of our praise right now, Jesus. And that there is life in you. To worship you, I live. And I live to worship you. Sometimes we get caught up in the words of a song and we sing, sing, but it's time just to remember. Think about it. Think about it. You know, all these wonderful stories of testimonies of what God has done that we will overcome by the power of our testimony. When somebody tries to talk us out of it, and it, sometimes it's not a body, sometimes it's just circumstances that we say, no, 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 by the power of my testimony, by what God has done for me, it's too late. Come on now, some of you are older. Do you remember when peer pressure used to play a part in your life and you big chicken and I double deck? Come on, come on. Is that all you got? The testimonies that have gone forward today is so powerful. And, and I'm, I'm so blessed to be the pastor that, that believe with you along with our church and watched it come out. Watch God perform. God doing what he said he would do. And let me just talk to those that are at home this morning that have health issues. God is faithful to you. And right now, as the testimonies have gone forward, you could come up. Some of you have experienced and can't testify. But some of you, let me speak to you. The testimony is still working. You're just being patient. Allow God to be God in your life. There's some areas of my life that I'm waiting. I'm believing. God, I've taken the, the roof off of my expectations of what you're going to do in that area. Do you realize that two years ago, today, on this Sunday, that 
was the Sunday that we opened Axiom Coffee down there. Yeah. And did you know, did, did you know that at that point, we didn't know how we were going to be a blessing, but there's people in our church today because of that. Can I get an amen? Did you realize because of that day, believing that God's going to work, how many people that we've been able to touch in our community? And, and as a pastor, when it, even just watching this happen in our church today, of just watching people that go, that, what now, that church down, that church down there, that church down there, there's larger churches that have Bible studies in our church, and they go, that, what, that church down there, oh, is this, this right here? God is able to do more than we could ever think or imagine. Just to know what he's saying. Now this morning, the, the prosperity that you're hearing in these testimonies, remember prosperity is not just money. Yeah, we know that it's important here on this earth. We know that God is faithful, but it's wholeness in every area of our life, in our health. when you think that even in the midst of a pandemic, even when we can get sick, we know that God can heal us. But we have hope for tomorrow. So this morning, where you are, believe in God's blessing in your life. This morning, I'm going to ask my friend, Pastor Roger, to come at this time. He's going to close us in prayer. He hates the assembly God presbyter over our area. If you don't know, the assembly God is built up of districts all over the world, all over the world. And then in those districts, the North Texas is where we're at. And in the district that we're in, we are in North Fort Worth sectional east, which is one of the best sections. And, and Roger, God's ordained leader over this area, and he's kind of the shepherd over shepherds. So he prays for me, sends me encouraging uh, texts and emails during the week, praying for you, believing for you. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate it, friend. You know, during this time of COVID, we mentioned it during our Thanksgiving trip. And, you know, the Israelites were in the land of Goshen in Egypt. And when it was dark all over Egypt, God had blessed them. It was light in Goshen. Do you feel like sometimes that we're, we're blessed even in the middle of darkness? God's able. I've asked Roger just to share a few words and then dismiss us in prayer. Thank you, Pastor John. Well, you know, there's so many things that we think back through our life, and today's been amazing. These testimonies have been amazing and encouraging, uplifting. You know, I walk out of this room thinking, wow, my God can do anything. Whatever I need tomorrow, it's there. He's going to do it. I was sitting in my office, which is at home now, because almost two years ago, I, I left the pastor and entered a whole new season of our life. And uh, I was sitting in my office April of this year. I mean, it's it's been a been a wild year. November, Debbie, we were at our son's house last November a year ago, and we got a call from her doctor on Sunday night at 8 o'clock. That's not good news. She had had her regular blood work done, and the doctor said, you lost half your blood. I need you to get to the nearest emergency room. We went. They confirmed that was the case. They gave her two units of blood. She was in the emergency room or a different area all night long. And and uh, Monday morning, we walked out of there and went to Galveston and got on a ship for a cruise. <laughs> <laughs> Super Mister's retreat. 
last year. She had that blood work all redone. That, that, those two units of blood brought her blood level up from our account up from six to eight point two, I think is what it was. It's supposed to be like fourteen. And so we 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 left that cruise in about three or four weeks. We got on a plane and went to Vietnam for five weeks. And uh, February the eighth of this year, we got on a plane to fly back from Vietnam. If we'd have been a few days later, I would still be in Vietnam. <laughs> So we come home to the pandemic, and in April, I'm sitting in my office, and I had this spreadsheet, all my finances laid out, and I'm looking at the end of May, I'm out of money, because my income is reduced, and you know, I, it, 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 a lot of our income is dependent on honorarians from speaking, and you didn't get any of those from March till June for me, I mean, it was three months, so I'm looking at the end of May, I'm out of money, and I'm, I'm heading for my emergency fund, thankful I've got one, amen, hope you have one. So I wasn't fearful, but I, I'm sitting there having that thought, and uh, uh, you know these memories pop up on Facebook. And one year before that first week of April, I I put up a memory on the 46th anniversary of preaching my first sermon. That's that first week of April, and I talked about God's faithfulness and God's goodness and the opportunities and the places we've been. I mean, you do a lot in 46 years, and and it was, I was reading that memory, and it was like God just whispered in my ear and said, "Have I changed?" No, you haven't. You're good. 24th day of April, I'm sitting at my desk and my phone rings. And, and a guy that I pastored over 35 years ago, and we've been friends, but not very close friends through the year. I mean, we've stayed in touch. And in all my time of knowing this guy, he'd never given me a financial gift, and that's fine. I don't expect my friends to give me financial gifts. They're my really good friends. <laughs> you know I'm kidding. <laughs> you better know I'm kidding. I, so this guy calls and he wants to know about the trip to Vietnam and just small talk. And then he said, the real reason I called is God spoke to me and I'm supposed to give you a gift. And uh, he said, I, I really, he's a banker. He said, I want to wire it to you. So if you'll give me your information, I'll wire it to be in your account in 15 minutes. I'm going, you bankers have a contact that I don't have. I don't get wires done that quick. And his last words were, it's not much. It's just a small gift. It's only $2,500. I don't know what's small to you, but that was big to me. And I plugged that in my spreadsheet and it got me through the end of July. <laughs> and it happened again in October. God is faithful. God is faithful. The pastor calls and says, somebody sent a gift for you, wants to be anonymous. How do you want me to handle it? And I said, well, just handle it like a guest speaker. Write me a check and send it. And he said, well, do you want to know how much it is? And I said, well, you're willing to share it. He said, well, it's $3,000. God is faithful. Let's just keep thanking him for that. Let me, let me close in prayer. Our Father, our good, good Father, today we have made your name holy. We've hallowed your name with all of these testimonies of your goodness and your grace and your provision and your healing and miraculous, the supernatural that you've demonstrated in our lives. Just ask you one more day. Give us our daily bread. That's really tomorrow's bread that we're asking for. One day at a time. You're a faithful God. Lead us not into the temptation to live in the fear and the anxiety that the world is living in now, but lead us into a place of power and authority and in your glory. May your blessing be upon this church, upon this pastor. 
this body of believers today, those that are watching online and hoping and believing for the day that they can be back here in person. God, I pray that you will just show us your incredible blessings just like you described them above and beyond all we can ask or even imagine. Yes. Bigger than our imaginations, and I've got a big one. But you're bigger than that. I love you. Thank you for it all, Father. In the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Go get them. You're dismissed.